The story of Michael B. Jordan. We're not talking about the basketball player here. We're talking about the actor. Creed, Black Panther, Michael Jordan. He is one of the many celebrities who has his own alcohol line. He has a rum. I don't know anything about his rum. Me, I've got a whiskey, right? A rye whiskey called Recovery Rye. We use it uh, as a way of supporting people in the hospitality industry in Indiana who got impacted by COVID. I was happy to do it, happy to put it together. I am trying to figure out what can be done with it. Like, can I, can I grow this? Can I add other brands? Is, is there something here? I don't have an answer as of yet. But it's nothing compared to what celebrities have been able to do and sell and Clooney selling his tequila for a billion dollars. And and then you've got uh, Ryan Reynolds selling his gin, Aviator Gin, for 600 some odd million dollars. There's big money in this. Uh, you've got Jamie Foxx getting into a, a bourbon. I think it's a Brown County bourbon, I think is what it is. Or is it Brown Sugar bourbon? No, he's Brown Sugar bourbon is what I think he's doing. Me, I'm Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And you've got this from, from Michael Jordan, this, 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 this rum. Not the basketball player, Michael Jordan. He has a tequila called Sincoro that he put together with Janine Buss or Jeannie Buss of, of the Lakers and a couple other owners. Huge money into his tequila. And tequila has been selling great because tequila was not a victim of tariffs. But bourbon was a victim of tariffs in Europe and that's why it didn't sell as well and other prices were going up on the on on bourbon tequila prices stayed constant and more people got into tequila and for a while if not still tequila was the fastest growing spirit in America and while there was a tariff on bourbon going out there was a tariff on scotch coming in that tariff has since uh, been removed very exciting for scotch drinkers but he's got this this uh rum and it's called Jovert. Very Les Miserables sounding a name. Jovert. He wants to celebrate and shine a positive light on Caribbean culture with this new line of spirits. Well, after the name came came out, some people were like, uh, yeah, about that name. About that Jovert name. Turns out that for some people, and in some parts of the Caribbean, the name is representative of enslavement uh, of, of, of people from the islands. Trinidad and Tobago and, and other places. I would not have known that. Michael B. Jordan clearly didn't know that. And he's listening to some people telling him what's up. And he's like, huh. All right. Now we're going to change the name of, uh, of, of, our, uh, of our rum here. That is not being bullied by woke culture. There's a difference. And we should handle ourselves proper and note the difference. There is a difference between somebody saying you can't wear a sombrero or open a taco shop if you're a white woman and someone saying, hey, that name you chose, just so you know, because most people aren't in the business of insulting other people who might be their clients. Now, some things you can't do anything about. I told the story that with 
the rye whiskey I created, along with with uh, Crossroad Vintners and along with uh, the people at, at Blend Bar Cigar, which is a cigar lounge uh, and, and a fantastic cigar lounge, and that one of the best cigar lounges in the world, if not the best cigar lounge in the world. I think it was voted, I think it was voted best cigar lounge in the world. BlendBarCigar.com. Uh, I had gotten uh, one person, and I heard other people said, "You're calling your your rye whiskey recovery." Are you mocking people in recovery? What? This is a true story, producer Ari. This happened. This came up. And I thought about it for half a second. And I said, no, I'm good with the name. I think it's obvious when you look at the label and you read the label that we're talking about the recovery of businesses and of hospitality workers in Indiana. And for anybody to want to make the claim that we are... um, uh, mocking people in recovery, well, that's that's a stretch. Now, I say it a, a little more directly to you guys. The people who want that desperately want that. And the people who hate me and would love me off the air would love to build in on that. But none of none of that is true. There is there is no insult happening. If I had come up with with a, a name that was actually insulting, you could have an argument and you could say something and it could be a discussion. I didn't pay attention uh, or I should I shouldn't say I didn't pay attention. I listened to what some people said and said, no, nah, I'm good with the name. I can justify it. I think it actually tells the story. I think it's 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 got focus. I'm good with it. Michael B. Jordan looked at this and said, oh, let's uh, let's not do this. Let's change the name. When they went after Kim Kardashian, she has basically a, a line of what they call shapewear. They're Spanx, right? Sure. When she first launched, the brand was going to be called Kimono. No. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Right? And people were like, Kimono? Now, anybody who thinks that Spanx would be somehow uh, connected to this uh, long history of, of Japanese wear... Uh, I think they're a ridiculous person. But she looked at it and said, you know what? I'll call them Skims. She threw Kim in there as well. Skims. I don't know. The family's worth a billion dollars plus, and she credits the sex tape, which I give her credit for because it's all. Ray J made that family a billionaire family, and he didn't get a dime. No, their dad didn't have a lot to do with it. Let's be perfectly clear. Robert Kardashian may have been a successful guy, but it was absolutely nothing compared to what Kim Kardashian was able to do, compared to what Kris Kardashian, the mom, was able to guide them into and what the Jenner kids have exploded on. Zero. It doesn't come close. If Robert Kardashian were still alive, he'd be like, and I represented OJ? What am I, nuts? Then again, you know, you say what you want about Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. That guy stepped in. That guy was a father and a half. Just so we're all perfectly clear. I think all people attack all over the place. You know, they they have short histories. And, oh, that Kris Jenner. I remember when Kris Jenner was, was, was crazy. And she probably still is a little crazy. But, good Lord, they have made crazy money. And she said, ah, might as well keep making crazy money. We'll just change the name. We'll call it Skims. Doesn't matter if you love the name. Billion dollars next. 
Just keep the print and press going over there at Kardashian HQ. Kardashian. Might as well have their own nation. So there's a difference between the the idea of, of, the, of the woke folk being super woke and saying, hey, this doesn't work. Then there's also the people who get woke in a completely different way. And this is the story of Winston Marshall. Winston Marshall, you will remember, was playing the banjo and guitar for Mumford and Sons. And what did he do? What was his sin? He commented on a book by Andy No, the journalist, last name spelled N-G-O. Unmasked is the name of the book, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. And he put out a tweet. Congratulations, Andy No. Finally had time to read your important book. You're a brave man. Next thing you know, he's issuing online apologies and he has to step away from the band to examine his blind spots. Meaning the band was so upset that he would have, I don't know, a thought of his own and recognize the evil of Antifa. Antifa is real, by the way, and Antifa is violent. They are violence. That's all they are. He had to step away from the band to re-examine his blind spots. And what has he decided? I'm leaving Mumford and Sons. Well, that right there was somewhat unexpected. I did not expect such a thing. The Inquisition. Let's begin. Oh, I thought that was the Monty Python oh one. My- I thought that was the Monty Python soundbite. I was like, what the hell? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. I didn't get the reference. Oh, oh, I had the wrong. Oh, that's really disappointing. That was really disappointing. I work for you people. I really do try. So he's leaving Mumford and Sons. And what he has said is, look, I wish the the, the bandmates uh, the best. But what I found myself doing is that people were calling me fascist. 13 members of my family were murdered in the concentration camps of the Holocaust. My grandma, unlike her cousins, aunts, and uncles, survived. My family knows the evils of fascism painfully well. To call me a fascist was ludicrous beyond belief. And he goes on to say leaving the band is because... uh, Uh, For me to speak out about what I've learned to be such a controversial issue will inevitably bring my bandmates more trouble. My love, loyalty, and accountability to them cannot permit that. I could remain and continue to self-censor, but it will erode my sense of integrity, gnaw my conscience. I've already felt that beginning. I must say that does not look well upon his bandmates, that they would say to him, we are so illiberal that we simply cannot have you around. Now, maybe it's different than that. I mean, there's a moment he's he's quoting Solzhitsyn. And he who is not sufficiently courageous to defend his soul, don't let him be proud of his progressive views. And don't let him boast that he is an academian. 
Yes, that is that. I don't think I'm pronouncing that wrong. I think maybe it's written wrong for me. Or a people's artist, a disgruntled figure or a general. Let him say to himself, I am part of the herd and a coward. It's all the same to me as long as I'm fed and kept warm. And he couldn't do that. And he says, I will continue my work with Hong Kong Link Up, and I look forward to new creative projects as well as speaking and writing on a variety of issues, challenging as they may be. Well, that right there is woke. Recognizing that the world that people want you to live in is not a world that you can live in. That the world of 1984, the world of the thought police, the world of the oppression is not a world that you can live in. I always know that I live in the rarefied air because I do this for a living. And I am not only able to, I am empowered to speak on subjects that move me and I only hope move you. How difficult it is, I understand, when people are unable to, in their own lives, speak freely with focus and clarity for fear of losing friends, losing their job, losing their livelihoods, or worse, angering the woke violent mob that is nothing more than violent. It's exactly what we're seeing with this critical race theory conversation. You have the, the, the head of the school board there in Loudoun County, Virginia, Brenda, I'm forgetting her last name. And and her answer to what she saw in Loudoun County where the parents were, were upset and they were pushing back and they shut down the school board meeting. Oh, listen to their racist dog whistles. We're not going to let them stop our equity work. All the parents are racists? That's your argument? That is an ugly, despicable argument. And these parents are now called racist and they're labeled racist. Oh, we're not going to shop in their store. No, we're not going to go to that doctor. No, we're not going to do this. And they feel it financially. And then their kids, you don't think their kids are going to be targeted? Oh, (laughs) and they still stand up. Maybe there is something to being woke. Maybe we got to look at it differently. If we're going to be woke for the right reasons. I'm Tony Katz.